We would like to acknowledge that this podcast, Voices of Sustainability, is created on the traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Sustainable Waterloo Region is situated on the Haldeman Tract, the land promised to the Six Nations that includes six miles on each side of the Grand River. Hello everyone, welcome to Voices of Sustainability. I'm Sabine. And I'm Lauren. We are part of the organization Sustainable Waterloo Region, or SWR, and we will be your co-hosts. SWR is a non-profit organization in Waterloo Region, Ontario, championing business-led and community-focused climate action. Through this podcast, we want to amplify diverse perspectives and voices in the sustainability movement. We hope you find these conversations meaningful, educational, and inspiring. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we are back for our third installment of Voices of Sustainability. Um, we're here with uh, a former um, SWR volunteer. Um, are you current SWR or former SWR volunteer? I, um, it's it, That's a good question because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I told Katie uh, TravelWise that, hey, I'm still, if you want me to volunteer for, uh, especially for cycling uh, activities or events, yeah. I will be there. But she told me that right now there are no events, so I'm like, can I can I be like volunteer on standby or yes. something? That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go, but still, yeah. still not. <laughs> well, we have a volunteer on standby then. Um, yes, I see yeah. Kanume is yeah. here uh, chatting with us about his experiences um, in sustainability. So, RC, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, and thank you as well for inviting me. Um, uh, it's it, it, this would a very interesting topic and at the same time i really like to um talk though it's just zoom but talking to people um in swr and other uh, people either studying sustainability and in the sustainability space absolutely thank you Thanks. yeah and and even though uh we didn't personally get to work with you rc you have an amazing reputation at SWR. I've heard so much about you. I hope it's a good um, one. <laughs> done in the past. It is. No, it is. It is. Oh, yeah, really thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you more about your experiences. Yeah, the the my experience and I think it's the SWR team really. They've influenced me a lot. Like um, mm-hmm. there are maybe some um, of my own characteristics um, that definitely I brought in. But things like collaboration was really strengthened in SWR and Absolutely. working with, for example, the cities and like advocates in, in different areas um, was really strengthened there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> RC, what's your current role? On the sustainability side, it's uh, working with an organization called Bikes or BYCS. Uh, it's an organization based out of the Netherlands. And they have a program called uh, like so a bicycle mayor program, and um, I'm currently the bicycle mayor of Waterloo. Uh, wow. I'm not an elected official <laughs> to, to just just do a quote. Not elected. It's it's really an endorsement. And um, yeah, this uh, a number of people like definitely Tova was one of the people that I really, I really asked. Hey, Tova, please endorse me, or else I won't be able to be a bicycle mayor. But Tova and a number of key people uh, or contacts in University of Waterloo, in uh, Blackberry. So there's a number of people who endorsed me. 
And speaking of like, the real mayor, uh, Mayor Jaworski, so he was one of the first uh, that I approached. And it was kind of awkward because I was like introducing myself as the bicycle mayor. And he was just laughing. And he, he's a cool guy. He's he's a bike, already a bike mayor. He, he regularly bikes. So it was a fun, fun meeting. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I feel like we're talking to royalty right now. Mayor of Guadalupe. Honestly. Yeah. You have a lot to teach us. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, before we hop into, into any questions, we have a funny question or kind of silly yes. question to ask you. Um, yeah. What is your favorite movie snack? Yeah, mine is uh, popcorn, the standard popcorn. I just like it plain. No um, butter? But Nothing? The, the, the butter is good, um, but here at home, it's like other flavors that are added. And I said, I just like plain you know, with butter is good. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so popcorn. Yeah. Or vegan butter, mm -hmm. of course. Be yes. <laughs> and Arcee, where did you where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in the Philippines. Um, so I was born in the southern part of the Philippines, a city called Davao, so Davao City. And I think from the time uh, and, uh, time I was, I was born till about, I would say, maybe 12 years old, uh, I was in, in that city, uh, mainly with, my, of course, my family, but also uh, a number of, like, uh, cousins and other relatives. And then my dad, dad got promoted, so we went from the southern part of the Philippines, going more to the north uh, in Metro Manila. Um, so that's when I... I, from, from, I think, 13 or 14 until I studied uh, in the university. I was in, in Metro Manila. We were in a, a city called Las Piñas. Fantastic. When wow. did you uh, find and... yourself in Canada? Sorry. Were you going to ask uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. The, we migrated uh, 2004. So 17 years. Oh, that's really, really quick. Wow. 17 years ago. And uh, yeah, with my family, and at that time we only have had our son. He was five years old. Now he's uh, twenty-two, a new grad, and he just got a job. So it's like, like what? What happened? <laughs> you know, that's very similar to my family story. Actually, we immigrated okay, yeah. to Canada in two thousand and six, I think, and okay, I yeah. actually just graduated as well. And I moved here wow. when I was around yeah, yeah. Yes. So, very similar <laughs> very very similar very similar yeah. yeah it's an immigrant dream like um we wanted the best education and he got it he Definitely. studied in carlton uh my son me too and uh, he, he studied political science he's one of the bad guys there in carlton so oh, <laughs> no. i was no i studied um public affairs and policy management at carlton so oh, we, okay. were, we were cool. a specialized cool. poli sci program so yes yeah, yeah. It, that's really funny i wonder so for, uh, yeah, for him, it's political science, so a lot of interesting things that he, over the years. Uh, but he didn't want it to go into, like, politics, um, so, and, but he's really good at, like, uh, writing and reading, and there was an, this opportunity of, like, coordinating with, uh, like, different people, so I think it was, it's a really good job to, to start his career. Yeah. Is he still in Ottawa for his job? Uh, no, he's, he's here. The job's actually here, which oh, is wow. pretty cool. Wow. Um, he wants to leave, leave the house, but, uh, but uh, because he, said he has a job now, he wants to be like an adult. And, yeah. I, and I really uh, have encouraged him to, to do that. For but sure. it's, it's, 
his mom was just like, stay at home to save some money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're totally right about that um, being the immigrant stream. I, I definitely have, my parents probably would have the same sentiments as you yes, as well. I'm sure, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on that, how do you feel like your background growing up in the Philippines and, and then immigrating to Canada has influenced the way that you view the sustainability movement? Yeah, and that's, that's a very, very good question. And I, I was reading through it and... Um, it's I'm going through like some realization right now or in as an immigrant it was mainly like when when we were new here the first year maybe two or three years it was really all about work number one is finding finding work and I was fortunate enough to find work here in Waterloo and it was like just work 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 uh, earn money to really uh, be able to uh, provide for my family and um, another immigrant dream is having a home in 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 Waterloo and and so on. So that was my my focus. Um, and uh, it was still a number of years before I first got um, expect, have experience or got an exposure to sustainability. And uh, it was mainly because of my son. Uh, I've shared this to a number of SWRT members that. Uh, my son had an like standard science project. It was like an electricity project, and we got to talk. And then um, I just told him, "Hey, I've been hearing about electric vehicles, and uh, I think this is the wave of the future." And and so on. So that's where I got started. And I think like in when I was starting that, I, I worked with Alan Taylor. Um, it, uh, he was the the like the project or program manager for for the EV side, and uh, I think again it's more focused really at on work. Um, but the the cool thing and one thing I really liked uh, with with the work when when I was starting with sustainability was working with different people. Um, and uh, yep, so I hope I answered like part of it, but I can expand more if you want. So, you know, we are, we know RC for you, you are the bicycle mayor of Waterloo. You're clearly passionate about cycling. Um, So what have those other roles been that have kind of brought you in your career and even before sustainability, Mm -hmm. I would be curious as to how your career has kind of morphed into, into what it is today. Um, The, my experience, previous experience was mainly on the technology side. Uh, specifically on like mobile phones and like mobile applications. So in the Philippines, I was part or my last uh, job there was uh, I was um, leading a team that was developing applications for mobile phones. So it was more really technology centric. um, And uh, that was what I was taking to to Canada when, when we migrated. And my work here, my first week was also with a, with a startup, um, also with mobile applications and so on here in Waterloo. And I think that's one big advantage of being in Waterloo is that opportunity to work with startups um, and with technology, exciting like technology companies. Back then, it, was, it wasn't the high-tech uh, phones and so on. It was more of like the smaller screens. It was the Blackberries, the older ones. Um, <laughs> But it was uh, it was exciting because it's all all new. 
And I think I, I brought that more of like a startup background to Sustainable Waterloo Region. And I think there's that good uh, match because SWR wasn't also like a big organization, like maybe, a, I don't know, a Sun Life or a Manual Life, like a big, big organization. It's a small organization. It's pretty, pretty nimble. But one thing that was that I mentioned before was like the collaboration part was very, very important. That's something that I actually had to adjust because with technology, it was more of like focusing on the technology and coming up with a product and then being able to offer a, like a unique product uh, to your customer that would meet their needs. So it's more of like um, having that edge in terms of the technology and the solution of the product that, that we have. And in our case, it's a mobile application. Um, there's a part there that we're a bit secretive. We cannot just share our our product and our technology, whatever we use. Uh, but one thing I've learned, and this is with Sustainable Water Region, really, really, is that the collaborative effort. And our product is really, um, work, I, I believe, working with the community, uh, working with different organizations, for them to be more sustainable. Um, we, other companies can say they have an, the technology companies can say they have an awesome product. Like Apple can say they have the best phones. I think as a sustainability person, and when I was with SWR, even now, I can only say we have a good product or really a service if we work with the community to develop it. And if we work with the community, and the important thing, and this is something this past, especially this past year has been very close to my heart is, when we develop something with our community, it's not just who we know, who's on our mailing list, uh, the person on my phone contact list, but really trying to open it up. Um, one of the areas as a bicycle mayor, I'm still trying really hard is to work with uh, different groups. Like I've reached out to the KW Multicultural Center. Um, at least there's a conversation there, but I really hope uh, there's more that I can do also with other groups um, within within our community. But I think that's one thing I've realized with sustainability is the, the, the product, the service um, has to be developed with the community. Um, mm -hmm. And the community will will say, hey, actually this is good or bad, but they have to try it out. Um, and and then they can say, this is good. Let's also let's bring it to more members of the community. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, cycling. There's when I when I started with cycling, it's it's all with like related to travel wise. Um, but one thing I notice now, which I really didn't notice before, is a lot of people who cycle are white male people, mm -hmm. and the there was a, a pedal poll, a pedal like count that was done by Canada Bikes, which is the the Canada white organization, and I was counting with my daughter because she needed high school volunteer hours. Um, and the first 15, 20 minutes, she looked at me and said, hey, uh, Papa, they're all white. And I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it's like, be, that's, I have to be honest, it's just more recent being a bit more, um, uh, uh, more knowledgeable or mm -hmm or a bit more sensitive to it. Um, 
But I think that's very important because um, if more people of color, especially, for example, women, uh, would bike in our streets, and this will go over time, it won't be an overnight thing, it means our streets are becoming safer, as in we have uh, better infrastructure, safer infrastructure for for women, and then they will bring their kids or, or families biking together um, because our streets are safer. Um, yeah, I, I, and, think that's, yeah. I think that's really true, Arcee, what you're saying. Um, I wanted, you said a lot of amazing things. Sorry, I I've been, on I get, when I get started, oh, sorry. Really? I just... <laughs> There was one thing you mentioned. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there's one thing you mentioned about um, reaching um, or about creating engagement outside of close contacts, people you know, um, the mailing list, for example. I think that um, sometimes that's the first thing we do when we think about like programming. Like, who can we contact that we know so we can our network and so on? eh? Yeah, Yeah, our network and try to involve them and include them. which is a very, um, which is something that, like you know, people tend to do. You're, you're planning yeah. an event. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're starting yeah. a program, right? Yeah. Um, but it's important to consider that the community is like is more than what is just within your mm-hmm. small circle. Exactly. And I, I really like the point you mentioned about um, having infrastructure and streets that are safe and will provide um, places for those who, you know, maybe can be maybe considered vulnerable or may view themselves as vulnerable on the street. Exactly. I, um, I was actually at a conference earlier this week and I, and um, I, the speaker was talking about the fact that our streetscapes and our cities are inherently gendered, right? They're not, mm-hmm. they're not built and created for everyone. They were built and created for men because, you know, they would be the ones who would go out, go to work. Um, and so, mm-hmm. It's easy to feel safe on the streets if um, that is the the gender that you identify with and that's how you appear uh, yep. to the world. Um, and yeah, that point is really important about being able to create streets that are safe for everyone to be able to enjoy and um, to feel like they, you know, can walk out onto the street and feel that freedom and that safety um, if there is good infrastructure on the streets um you know i i also had another conversation with um someone who works in sustainable mobility and we're talking about um how do we get more people on the streets in uh, doing active transportation um that you know aren't the the white male typical Mm -hmm. people that you would see Mm -hmm. biking Mm -hmm. or walking and i think that idea of partnering with community organizations to um that um, have connections with, with racialized groups is really important. Um, yes. You know, when you decide to like sponsor a, a bike a bike trip and you're collaborating with um, a community organization, I, I actually am a board member with the CCWR and I think that would be such a cool initiative, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We come together, we do like our bike day, it's, it's oriented around families, it's oriented up around people, empowering people from, you know, a particular place that you don't necessarily see on the streets, right? right? Because, you know, they may not necessarily feel safe on the streets, Mm -hmm. um, biking or walking or whatever the case may be. But yeah, really, really excellent points. And I think really important considerations um, for SWR and just the wider cycling, active, sustainable 
um, mobility community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of on that, what, what have your experiences been as a racialized person? You're working in this space. Mm-hmm. You are our bicycle mayor. Like, what is that like, um, yeah. based on your lived experiences and and the way that the way that you look, right, as a as a racialized person? That's right, and and that's um, again something um, which I have got I have experienced a number of years ago, be it uh, in SW or other organizations. But now, um, because of uh, a lot of a number of things that that have happened, so I'm I'm, I'm becoming really more sensitive. So. If there's a conference um, and uh, I would look at the screens and it's mostly white uh, male um, like uh, planners or transportation engineers. And um, so it gets me thinking about how can more um, uh, people of color uh, would, would, would be in those positions so that when, for example, a planner, a designer, or engineer, when they design a street, then it will be for for a lot more or different people. Um, and um, I think that's one thing that, um, as I experience it, it, it really, uh, being more sensitive now, it really gets me going because I really want to encourage the next like, generation of engineers and planners uh, out there uh, who would then convert our streets to be more, I think more for walk, especially for city centers, really more for walking and cycling. Um, the car, I mean, the car will be needed, but they can have lesser space. Uh, let's have more space for people walking, uh, for slow traffic, for people enjoying the streets, maybe more um, trees and, and plants. Uh, and it makes our streets uh, a little bit more quiet, uh, which will again benefit benefit everyone there's a really cool development in kitchener with the kitchener team uh, in downtown kitchener with the cycling grid that they are um uh there's phase one is being installed right now it will take i think two or three years for the grid to be completed and i think that's one thing for me as an opportunity um though i'm bicycle mayor of waterloo but I'm still looking for a bicycle mayor who to recruit for becoming the bicycle mayor of Kitchener, but that infrastructure will, will really be good to promote cycling for for racialized uh, members of our population. And because uh, the downtown Kitchener and say uptown Waterloo, there are a number of places that are very, very popular for everyone to go to. And if they find out, hey, there's actually a cycling grid there, then you can safely go to to downtown Kitchener, then uh, it's it's uh, really would be a really great development as more and more people know about it. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds really cool. I think um, something that I've always been curious about because I was born and raised in Kitchener Waterloo, and then was in Ottawa for six five five or six years, I think, yes. um, yeah. living and working and going to school. And yeah. the bike culture, even between those two cities, or just the outdoor culture, I felt was yeah. super different. Yeah. And I, I, as I've now moved back for the last year and a half, I've been t- trying to process, you know, what is it about our city? What 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 about our culture are we missing mm-hmm. to kind of integrate that um, that more 
outdoor commuter kind of walking and cycling commuter mm-hmm. life what yeah. what are we missing there and i think that's a conversation that swr is also having right now that was one of the big community ideas um yeah. was that you know how to improve cycling um, access in our city um what do you what do you think is are, are some kind of key factors that stick out to you that are making waterloo the way the hurricane waterloo the way that it is i, I think um the the quick development of our cities uh, i mentioned about tech so it's when you say tech and with startups uh, we have different organizations like community tech uh, accelerator center and that's all um in a way related to university of waterloo which is as we know one of the the i would just say most awesome university in, in canada mm-hmm. and i think we the development of our city has really been focused on efficiency, being an innov- innov- innovative uh, city or region that I think the, de- the planners were focused on like number of cars through an intersection and which made some intersections really unsafe because now those intersections are just naturally wider so that more cars can go through efficiently while people who are walking or cycling it's now hard to go through the intersection because you have to cross two or maybe three or four lanes if it's both sides maybe four lanes and which makes it really really difficult um so i think that's i think one one factor planners are starting to now realize that that approach works in certain areas like for example the highway or maybe near the highway as you exit the highway but as you go into a city like as you go into my example earlier down downtown kitchen or even uptown waterloo there's really no need for higher speeds there's really no need for four lanes we can make it just two lanes one lane on each side and the space that will be freed up can be for pedestrians cyclists uh and really having that buffer, uh, if you're going to, let's say, Uptown Waterloo and you're, you're biking um, in a way that you have your own lane and there's a buffer between you and the car or even, in my experience, Weber. I don't really want to bike on Weber because Mm-mm. my first experience was biking on Weber and looking at the big GRT bus just like, oh, <laughs> like uh, my, 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 my life was flashing and I said, I go to the to the sidewalk um so having an infrastructure like that especially going into uptown or downtown um i think would really change our our city and make it more cycling friendly um and for me now the one key measure um and i was as i was counting with the canada poll or the the count by count is like seeing um, racialized people women families with kids if they really use our infrastructure and not just the ones not just the trails on the park because that they already use that mm-hmm. but parts of our street um that we it's designed um hopefully in the near future to really be safe for for everyone um and so that that will be i think the the uh, key for me as we look or move move forward. You've already kind of you touched on this a little bit, RC, yeah. but um, more um, kind of explicitly um, for you, 
what do you think is the biggest value in amplifying racialized voices in sustainability work, especially the planning conversation that we've kind of touched on today? And also, what are ways that you hope that we can do this better uh, moving forward? I think a big part of that is being able to see, like with planning, planning for, let's say, a future upgrade of our streets, being able to then um, get input from like really different and diverse members of our community, we would then see the challenges of different people. Uh, maybe uh, a mom who would want to drop off her kid uh, to daycare before going to work. Uh, other types of like uh, requirement, you know, requirements by different people. Someone who might work uh, in downtown and cannot afford a car if there's that option or, or getting feedback from that member of the community and now knowing that if we have uh, that safe cycling infrastructure because more people will be able to go to uh, key locations for work for school uh, for studying for dropping off in daycare um, using a using a bike uh, one thing going for us are the bikes now have there are more options in terms of what they call like cargo bikes you can now mm. put more um, on a bike if you have a bag uh, usually at the back or if you have like a basket so you can put at least uh, a days or a few days worth of grocery to uh, bigger cargo bikes or and you can load one or two uh, small children so you can drop them off you can use your cargo bike again a mom or a dad can use the cargo bike going to work um so i think that that's a key value we're in if we get um the feedback and it's like looking in a different eyes like this is my experience um and our planners can can see it um i i really over the years um because of yeah, my, the, being able to talk to a number of people and experience um, like the the way we move. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a big percentage of people that are just less than like maybe five or even less than like, kilometers from work. Um, and they still take a car. And now, because I've been really been biking the past like two, three years, I can see like it's so easy to, to ride a bike uh, in short distances. For longer distances, I think most people, it'll be harder, especially if it gets colder. There are also electric bikes, but electric bikes are more expensive. Um, but a lot of um, like our mobility needs, we can just use a bike and it's cost effective. Most people can afford it. And I hope we have a program. I think this is one thing in the future that SWR and other community organizations is that like we can say in the future any kid any adult in Waterloo region you can have a bike if you want one and it's like it may, might be like there's a certain standard but it's a, a sturdy bike maybe having a, a way to carry things so you can drop by your uh, supermarket or wherever by by food um, but I think that's one thing in the future we're in we have a program 
supported locally, but also hopefully provincially and federally. We're in everyone who wants a bike uh, can have a bike. Um, and, and then it's supported by our local infrastructure, uh, a safe infrastructure to, to go, uh, to use. And I think that's, it will all start with the planning and hearing those uh, different voices uh, from different groups, racialized groups, uh, people, people of color, um, it would be very, very important. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, it's this idea of like mobility equity. Um, exactly. And I think that um, one thing I kind of used to struggle with as I was like thinking about this is how you, how you kind of get from like talking about like, I guess like theories or conceptions of what equity looks like and actually put it into practice. Yes. And I like that you, you mentioned a really tangible example um, that can be like measured. Right. Um, so thank you for, thank you for talking about that. Yes. Um, yep. And, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of our interview about um, your son finishing up university and yes. uh, just the fact that he kind of spurred you into the sustainability movement. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so he, I'm just kind of and, wondering, oh, go ahead. Yep. Even now, just again, thinking about him, uh, yeah. if you look at the bike, the official region of Waterloo bike maps, they have two bike maps, one for rural and urban. Mm -hmm. The two of us, we are there for the, for the 2020 version, I think. That's we, so cool. Nice. It's, it's him. He has the Carlton shirt. He's the one in the red shirt, Carlton nice. shirt. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he has the GoPro. He has the GoPro. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> he's, he's my official uh, video videographer, photographer, and a lot of times he would say, oh, "Why do I have to help you?" and so on. But but then I would just smile and let's go. We're meeting the mayor of Waterloo or something. So he's just he's so cool. Um, um, over time, again, it's uh, that uh, relationship uh, with my son is uh, over time we, we develop it, but at the same time. Be, as a dad, it's simple. It's just, I want to spend more time with you, big guy. <laughs> it's not like anything scientific or mathematical. It's just spending time with him. It's, that's, um, I, I value it a lot. And biking with him, like, ah, what, what can be better? So that's also one thing I've been uh, trying to grow with my, my, my daughter because my daughter is more of like uh, her mom, um, just wanting to read, read books, stay indoors. <laughs> play Genshin Impact and stuff like that. And so um, that's that's our like small project with my son is to both of them, my, my wife and daughter, be able to go outside, walk. That's one thing we've been doing during the pandemic, but also bike so we can we can discover more places outside uh, farther farther away because we can we can bike to those places. But uh, yeah, those are some stories with my son. I always get into trouble with him but <laughs> I hope, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, and and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the dad. Like I know all his friends, and when I see them, they're taller than me, curly hair, blonde hair, and I say, "Hey, Jared, I know you when you were small." And I'm like the small dude. <laughs> so I'm that type of dad. I'm just like a crazy dad. Just uh, and and he he loves it. He's just like he always says, "Yeah, well, why do you have to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> or especially my daughter but uh they're yeah. lucky they're very lucky to have a dad who's so passionate about spending time and yeah, yeah. that way with thanks. them thanks thanks yeah 
what do you what do you think is is next for you just in terms of um your career and kind of um thinking about cycling and being here in the waterloo region yeah that's um yeah it feels like i mean as you've been talking about like a chapter is kind of ending with your son Mm -hmm. finishing Mm -hmm. um university and um getting older Uh, what do you feel like is next for you yeah and that's a really great question seven a because um with my son, like for him, one thing we always talk about or one of the things is like the milestones. And this is a big milestone. He just graduated. And soon he'll just, he'll have his, his first paycheck. So it is a big milestone. And it got me to think, it got me thinking as well, what will be my next move? And something which I've discussed with my wife is uh, really uh, trying to, do more and expand what I'm doing with cycling. And when I say cycling, it's really more of of the bike as uh, as the co- commuting commuter option option for for me and for hopefully a lot more people. And I've learned a lot um, with uh, by the bikes uh, with the bicycle mayor program out of the Netherlands. The cool thing with that program is that. It's global program. A lot of our bicycle mayors are like from countries like India. So having uh, listened to their own stories and their experience has really opened my eyes to opportunities for, for using cycling as a way to, to commute. In there, like as they share their stories in India, I'm thinking definitely more about Canada, but also thinking about the Philippines. And because of that, I was able to, for example, reach reach out to people I know, starting with people I know in the Philippines, and started conversation about cycling, about cycling infrastructure. So I think that's one of the key things for me moving forward. Is one is definitely to learn more uh, with the different organizations in the Netherlands. Um, the webinar on Tuesday, I'm working with a company called uh, Hodapel. Um, it's spelled go. It's Godapel, but the pronunciation is Hodapel. And um, so I'm trying to be able to work with them, learn from them, and then apply it here in Waterloo region, but also share it with different cities uh, in Canada. So the webinar on Tuesday, there's actually, I think, close to 20 cities across Ontario. But surprisingly enough, uh, also Halifax, the city of Halifax is, is participating. And there's someone from Victoria. I don't know how they found out, but it's from the city of Victoria. Mm-hmm. There's someone who will be attending this cycling. Like It's more of like infrastructure planning and designing. So I think I see myself doing a lot more with it in this area, uh, being able to work with with uh, Odapel and, and bikes um, and other organizations um, with related to cycling. It looks like it's going to be a packed next little while for you. Yes. So that's that's yeah. exciting to see as well how you've been able to f- turn your passion into a career. Um, yes. Because I think that's something that I'm, I'm constantly asking myself. And, right. uh, you know, as a young person in sustainability, I want 
to build a career and a life that I love. And and I think it's really cool that it seems like you've really done that. And also, you know, being able to, to really have such a a cool and unique position where you can pull and learn from, from different places and, and talk to folks in different capacities about, you know, how they're making it work in the Netherlands, how they're making it work across Canada, how they're making it work in India and the Philippines. That's so cool. And, really important to be having those conversations to constantly expand the way that we think about mobility by opening our eyes to how other people think about mobility as well so yes and i think that's a a really uh you know important point we're in for example the netherlands they have some of the really cool infrastructure for cycling but the people i've uh been having a conversation with they're saying actually this is good for our country but what we hope is this is just a bit of an inspiration for mm-hmm. your country in Canada, in the Philippines, but we know you will implement it differently. You will plan for it different, uh, differently. You mm-hmm. will implement it differently because you have a different requirements um, in your country. And so just learning that, what what I hope as, as a more like, hopefully within one, two, maybe three years is to be able to visit the Netherlands as well and, and do some like learning or studies in terms of like how they do the infrastructure and see how it can be applied here in Canada, but also in other other countries. Um, so that's one key thing. And um, with your comment with regards to me and, and my career, um, I hope like with you, um, there's I think a lot of opportunities like for sustainability. It's good you're, I think both of you are thinking about like what you can do in the future. Um, and one thing I always say to young young kids like you is <laughs> is uh, if there's an opportunity to go to another country, it's always a great great experience um, having like being exposed to a different culture. In my case, it was from the Philippines to Japan, so I spent five years in Japan, and it was it was an eye opener having experienced that and taking that experience as well to as I. Um, I collaborate or I talk to different people from different countries. Um, yeah, that's... that's beautiful advice. Thank you. Yeah. Like <laughs> we'll it. definitely, definitely implement that when we are allowed to actually leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of vaccination, I just got my second uh, just today. Congratulations. So at, at two o'clock, it was nice. just uh, an hour, two hours ago or so. That's awesome. And, uh, so I'm excited. I just will have to wait for two weeks. But making sure it's still safe, but being able to see friends, uh, still social distance, but maybe go meeting outdoors. And because I love to to barbecue, to grill, and then having friends over and so on. So absolutely, we're finally itch, inching closer and closer to the finish. Yeah, that's, that's right. Wonderful. That's right. Well, RC, I have one last question for yep. you. Um, out of the many things that you've done over the course of your life, what are you most proud of? Um. I think I'm most proud of um, like two key things. One is um, like this is over time, not just like one project, but being able to work with the community, uh, mainly as part of SWR. Um, and like with TravelWise, we, we were focused on TravelWise members, but opportunities like Bike Month, and this is where I really, you know, it opened my eyes to the power of cycling and mobility is that when we reached out to member companies, but also the community, because now we can promote bike cycling uh, across the region. Um, 
that's I think the the being able to influence uh, positive influence people to just try out cycling or biking um, is is really a really uh, like a proud moment. Um, I've received feedback, and the most recent was was me as a bicycle mayor. But it's it built over uh, was built over time. When someone said, "Hey, RC, thank you for sharing your own like cycling experience around the region," um, and I'd like to go to where I I usually go because we're near like Kiwanis Park, and so that person who was I think a student of University of Waterloo wanted to check out Kiwanis Park and wanted to take his bike. So it's like stories small stories like that we're in working with the community again and sharing the different stories and just saying hey you can you can go to more places you can go to your school if you're studying or working uh, using using your bike so that's i think it's a collection it's over years but i'm very very proud of that the other one is really um the way, like my relationship with my kids, I, I've shared part of it, but uh, it's my kids, two of them, but it's like the kids around here, the, the friends of my kids, and I get into trouble with them as I like see them. And and I remember when they were still small um, here at home and we, like cooking, we cook like Filipino food, all the different smell, and then like they, they like it here because there's so much food always. Uh, I'm very proud of that, that being able to, uh, I think, spend time with my kids, definitely, but also with their friends uh, as, they, as they're growing up right now. Uh, to a point, like, when our neighbor, um, uh, they, they moved out in our, like, there's a townhouse, a townhouse where we live. So we had a get-together, and one of my uh, one of my son's friend was, was also here. Just He just happened to pass by, and, and I said, hey, Eric, come over. We have some food here and he was saying is it okay and i said like that's like i've seen you when you were small i know your mom and dad it's like your your like family like and um and that i think is is part of community i think um it's more personal but that's the way i i carry myself um working with the community working with different parts of the community and and being very like, open to to everyone um and i think finding solutions the solution would not just come from me but also different people um and so i'm and so i'm very proud of that as well <laughs> that's a great yeah. note to end on well rc thank you so much for your time today it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and learning from you i think people are gonna glean a lot from this chat because i know i have thank you so much rc yeah thank you thank you very much <laughs>